Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Alexander, for that reading. Okay, we got elders. Now what? Now that we have elders, we can relax. We can sit back and let them take care of everything. Our problems are over. We will grow and become the shining light on the hill that we once were, right? We're on cruise control. All we have to do is show up occasionally and all will be hunky-dory, is that correct? Of course not. The fact that you're here tells us otherwise. Maybe there's a little more to being a church than having elders and maybe a minister. Maybe, just maybe, there are a few things that we have to do too. What does the Bible say? Well, we had a sermon a couple of years ago when we began this journey without elders and a minister. Uh, was from Nehemiah. In Nehemiah chapter 4, in verse 6, the verse says, So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof. For the people had the will to work. And that's where we need to be today. Now, in the book of Nehemiah, they needed three things. The first thing they needed was someone to take the lead in getting the project started. We have elders. Those men are going to be our leaders. The second need, workers. Got to have workers if we're going to be a successful church. Chapter 3 of Nehemiah is probably one of the most unimpressive chapters in the entire work, Word of God. There's a long list of names there. They're very difficult to pronounce, especially for me. Parts of the city are described there, and they're kind of hard to even visualize. And if we're not careful, we'll overlook some very important lessons there. And we know the Lord has a reason for including things like this in his word. He always has a reason. Every word in the book has a reason. Nehemiah called together his fellow Jews, telling them of the encouragement he had received both from God and from the king. And this gave them the resolve they needed to work. And why were they able to do that? Well, the third thing they needed. Because they were working for the right purpose. They were not just building walls. They were doing it to the glory of God. Jerusalem would be in splendor again and God would get the glory. And we know that God is very pleased when his people work together with one mind, one accord, and one heart. Amen. And that's what we got to do. And feel free to amen anytime. I appreciate, appreciate that, Brother Bar Barton. 
So this morning, we're not going to discuss Nehemiah. What we want to discuss is the kind of attitude that we should have towards our elders. We're going to look at what the Bible says about this. And the scripture that Alexander read for us, let's look at that again. 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 through 13. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. So Paul is saying here, that the work of an elder is hard. The work includes ruling, overseeing, and watching over the flock. They have to counsel and admonish the flock. They have to warn. They have to caution. They have to reprove the flock gently. Now that doesn't sound like an easy thing to do even for animal sheep, let alone people sheep. And we're told here to hold them in the highest regard in love, not for their high position, but in appreciation for their work. And remember, we must always remember this, that an elder is our brother in Christ. However, he should also be respected because we appreciate them giving up a big part of their life in taking care of our spiritual well-being. We know that the job of elder carries a lot of responsibility with it. Just a few of their duties are teaching, preaching, visiting the sick, encouraging, helping to get us back on track, as well as being the overseer of our soul. And finally, in verse 13 of the reading, Paul encourages the right relationship between the elders and those they lead. Be at peace among yourselves. Hebrews 13, 7 tells us, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. So, they are an example to us. And we need to have leaders who are an example that is good in the sight of God. We certainly don't get that from our political leaders. Matter of fact, if you think about it, they're just the opposite in most cases. They pretend that they're godly people. But when it is to their advantage, I'm sorry, when it is to their advantage, they pretend they are godly people. And for some reason, Americans, and sadly even Christians, fall for it. But we're not going to discuss politics here today. We want to discuss our elders and our relationship to them. Our elders should be men who minister unto us, and we should appreciate this and feel blessed. Now we all remember just a couple of years ago when we faced the situation with no elders and no minister, 
And thankfully, there have been men and their families who have stepped up and kept the ship upright until we had elders to get us back on course. And we know that it is God's plan for us to have elders. It just took us a little while to get there, but we're back. So we must hope and pray that our new elders will strive to imitate Paul. In 1 Corinthians 4 and 15 through 17, he says, for example, I became your father through the gospel, therefore I, or I urge you to imitate me. For this reason I am sending to you Timothy, my son whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. So hopefully we are on course, not too far in the distant future, to have deacons and also have a minister again. Hebrews 13, 17 through 18 tells us, obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. And it ends with, pray for us. And we know that the church is not a democracy. It's a theocracy. The government of God prevails. And the elders rule under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. The elders are appointed by the congregation, and this is what God has deemed as the best way to govern the church. Without elders, every man may end up doing what is right in their own eyes, not what is right in the sight of God. We saw this even back in the Old Testament. If you look back in Judges chapter 17 and verse 6, they were referring to a king there. But in other words, we need God-fearing elders to help guide us. And as a congregation, we must take heed to the counsel given by the elders. Because as 3 John 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear my children are walking in the truth. Now the greatest sorrow for an elder must be to see those whom he leads growing further away from God. No elder wants to see that. We must not think of ourselves as too wise to take counsel from the elders. We know that orderliness and discipline are taught throughout the New Testament. We also know that a joyful elder will be very beneficial to the congregation. So let's not give them any reason not to be joyful. And we as Christians know that we have the responsibility to strengthen other believers. And this is especially true of our elders. Don't forget, they're our brothers too. So we've got to strengthen them as they strengthen us. As we were told in the scripture test, pray, pray for us. 
This is not a minor duty of the congregation. This is a major duty. They must have our prayers in order to be successful. The more we pray for them and support them, the more successful they will be and the more we will grow spiritually as a congregation. Always remember that. It's part of God's plan. As we see in 1 Peter 5, 2 through 5. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, not as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Our elders have responsibilities. They have great responsibilities. And they know that. They volunteered for this job. So don't ever forget that the elders are here to lovingly guide us. The least we can do is lovingly support these men who will give up so much of their time and energy to accomplish this. And this is our opportunity as a congregation to take a giant step toward really becoming the church that shines on the hill. Now you as a congregation have chosen John and Wayne to be your elders. It is your turn to follow their direction. Let's all pray that we will do just that. Let's all pray for their success and for our spiritual growth. And also, very important, remember that behind every good man, there's a good woman. And we know that Mary and Susan will be very supportive of their husbands and of the church and be very good for the church. There will be much work for them as well. And also pray for their children. I'm sure being an elder's child involves a lot of things you have to do. You have to behave yourself too. Of course, we all should be doing that, right? And they need your prayers too. So let's consider what we can do to make their job easier. Now we won't agree with every decision they make because we're humans, right? If we did, we would be robots. So I don't think we're going to hurt their feelings if we don't agree with everything. But I do think it would be important, if you don't agree, that you talk to them about it. Don't talk amongst yourself and you know, cause a problem. Talk to, directly to the elders. They seem like pretty friendly people. And the elders are humans, and they're prone to maybe mistake every now and then. We'll, we'll let them have that. Um, probably shouldn't say this, but I had a dream the other night. I dreamed some weird things. Once I was, when I was in graduate school in physics, uh, I dreamed that an equation bit me on the knee. So... So if that's not weird, I probably should be analyzed. But, but Wayne did a really nice job uh, with the auditorium, arranging to get this done. Well, I dreamed the other night, Wayne, uh, 
that you decided to paint it white and put black polka dots all over it. So <laughs> if Wayne does something like that, make sure you tell him that it's probably not the smartest thing. But that's, that's all a, a joke. We, we love Wayne and, and John, and we know they won't do anything like that. So at this time, uh, before we extend the invitation, I would like to um, bring up John and Wayne, and we'll go f- through the formal process of having them become our elders. I would like for John and Wayne to uh, briefly speak to us. I think they have something prepared, and when they finish, I would like to offer a prayer for them and also for our congregation. And then after that, I will extend the invitation. So, John, if you would come up. Thank you, Mike. I have a brief joint statement, uh, and then Wayne will have a few words, and then I'll finish up with a few words. A joint statement Wayne and I worked on together. As newly appointed elders here at Annapolis, we appreciate the importance of the duties we have to the congregation, and we look forward to working both together and with you, the members of the Lord's body, to encourage, to strengthen, to challenge, and when necessary, correct. We have a deep love for this congregation of God's children, and will show that in what we say and what we do as your elders. We are here to serve each and every one of you as our brothers and sisters. As we enter this important time, we ask for your support, that we all work together in a common bond of love and a vision of deeper dedication to following Christ in our daily lives. Please pray for us that we will be effective and humble in our service, that we will put his will above our own, and that everything we do for the children of God here in this congregation will bring us closer together. We all have a lot of work ahead of us, but we can be confident that he will guide our steps, and he will always be with us if we remain faithful to him. Wayne and I look forward to listening to you and helping each one of you to continue to grow in strength, knowledge, and dedication. Open and honest communication is essential, and we want your input and your ideas all along the way. As newly appointed elders, we have already begun working out ideas for how we might lift you up, and we are excited about the opportunities that we have. Please pray for us as we will continue praying for each of you that we can all work together here in Annapolis for our Heavenly Father. Good morning, brethren. Thank you for your your trust and your confidence in appointing John and I as the elders. Let me reiterate what John said. Please, please, please keep us in your prayers continually. We will desperately need them as we endeavor to, to lead you. John and I have had opportunity this week. We've talked, I think, nearly every day, either by text, email, phone calls, and we even got to meet one day for breakfast and and discuss some things. We quickly found that we combine our strengths, and we have different strengths, but they they come together and work very well, and we're looking to build off of one another's strengths in in this effort. We had several similar 
and some exact ideas of some of the things that we have in mind for goals for the congregation and our leadership. That was a very good thing to see that camaraderie immediately because it's important for the congregation to know that we will be working together in unison as, as we do this. We have the common goal to help to build the congregation here stronger, both spiritually and in number. And I implore you to be involved in this work. There's much to do. There's work on every hand, as the song goes. And, and we look forward to, to doing that together. And we can strengthen this church in those ways. Uh, availability, we're, we're, we'll, we will try to always be available to you. And just as a side note, my availability, I, I'm pretty flexible in schedule. I'm usually available by cell phone from noon until late night. So if you need us, and John can be emailed during his work time and available when he's not at work. We're a very blessed congregation here. We're starting off anew with about 100 people. We have a beautiful grounds and facility, which I hope this congregation keeps forever. I think it's a wonderful blessing to have this place to, have, to come to in peace, camaraderie, and in Christ Jesus that we can call this the house of God. We have goals, as have been mentioned, preachers, deacons, growing spiritually. And I'm confident that in unity and in peace, working together, we can reach those goals. And my prayer is that God will bless each and, each and every one of us individually and together as a congregation as we strive together to build this congregation, to serve the Lord above all. A few final words. <clears throat> Let me start by saying how much, how much I love this congregation, right? It, it, it's not the building, it's not the walls, it's not the lovely paint on the walls, it's the people. We're here. And I can't go off script, sorry. <laughs> Let me start by saying how much I love the congregation, each and every one of you. The body of Christ, who worship here in Annapolis. And I know you love one another too. Visitors, as they come through the area regularly, remark how they have witnessed the love of the family here in Annapolis, even in the shortest of visits. And it is clearly seen in our time together. Love should be the cornerstone of all that we say and do. And I thank you for the love you've shown, <coughs> you've shown to me and my family since we've been here. <coughs> since we've been here in Annapolis. Let's build on that love by working together even more here in Annapolis to deepen our knowledge of the Holy Scriptures and applying his word to our daily walk and to grow even more in our love and dedication to one another. And for the lost, that they may come to recognize the love that God has shown for us by giving us hope of blissful life in the hereafter through his son's sacrifice. What a wonderful gift God has given to each one of us and let us remember that gift daily. 
and give heartfelt thanks to God for it. Starting in the next few weeks, Wayne and I will start publishing a regular section in the bulletin and on the website called Meditations, keyed off of a Bible verse with a few words of support, encouragement, and exhortation that we can find help in his word to prayerfully live our lives as an ongoing sacrifice to him. If you have a verse or verses that you would like us to use, please let us know. Finally, Wayne and I are available to you. If you have ideas, cares, or concerns, we are here to serve you. And we will do everything we can to serve you faithfully and consistently. As we said earlier, please pray for us that we can please him in everything that we do. Okay, brothers and sisters, we got elders. How about a big amen to that? Amen. Amen. Thank you, John and Wayne. Let's have a prayer for them, and then we will extend the invitation. Father in heaven, we thank you for these men and their families and their willingness to step up and lead us, Father. We pray that you will always be with them, Give them the wisdom they so need to guide us. Father, we pray that we will always pray for them. And Father, help us to be a willing and joyful congregation to lead. All things we ask in your son's name. Amen. Following this, we would like to extend the invitation to anyone who has anything weighing heavy on their heart. Perhaps you've fallen away from God and you would like to come home. This would be the perfect opportunity. Or if there are those amongst us who have never put on Christ in baptism, this would be the perfect opportunity. You're here amongst your family and we would love nothing more than to start you on your walk with Christ. Whatever your needs, please come forward as we sing the invitation song.